Hello? Testing? Testing? Hello? Oh, there you are. It's uh, time for Bill Monty's Guide to Getting Older. Episode 4. The Road Not Taken. The Road Not Taken? Did someone take a road? Should I call him Bobby? Oh, anyway, uh, here's Bill Monty. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that, has made all the difference. The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost Welcome to Bill Monty's Guide to Getting Older. You might have noticed that Lovey did not introduce us this uh, episode. She's feeling a little bit under the weather, so I'd like to thank our good friend Basil Pelinor for stepping in. Thank you, Basil. Wonderful, wonderful job. And hope you enjoyed that reading of The Road Not Taken. As the title of this episode is The Road Not Taken, that happens to be a favorite poem of mine. I'm not really a big poem guy, but... Uh, I've, I've really liked that since I was a, a much younger Bill Monty, and it certainly has more meaning uh, the older that I have become, and leads into sort of what we're going to be talking about this week. I recently came across an interview with Jane Fonda, who was asked how she felt about her life, what her thoughts were on where she's been and where she is still going. And I was intrigued that Ms. Fonda referred to this phase of her life as Act 3. She's now 85 years old, looking fantastic, by the way, but said that her expectation was that she would probably live to be around 90, give or take a few years. And she reasons that the first 30 years of her life were Act 1, the second 30 years Act 2, and the next 30 years, which she's in the middle of, would be Act 3. I have to say that as a former actor, there's a certain comfort that comes with looking at the phases of your life in acts like that, like, like in a stage play. I mean, if you think about it, we already think of our life in stages, but generally they are childhood, adulthood, and then for some bizarre reason, when reaching 60 or above, we leave the adulthood phrase behind and say seniors. Now, honestly, a term I don't love or hate. But I do wonder why, when mapping out life this way, we don't just say, you know, childhood and adulthood. 
So thinking of life as a three-act cycle makes sense to me because while you can't argue that in act one you are not in the same place physically or emotionally at say 12 and 29, that is a period where there is that growth that then begins to settle down and get you ready for act two. Not always of course, but sort of like a loose template. I think for me, Act three differs from the first two acts as it's where we become, or at least I have become, more reflective about life's journey. Where have you been? What were the milestones of that journey? What, if anything, would you do different? What lies before you? Certainly in act three, you become aware that you have more birthdays behind you than you have in front of you. And I suppose that it is this knowledge that impending mortality is a better defined reality than in younger years that promotes maybe more reflection or what's the old term wool gathering I think than before and there have been times when I have been with those who are younger they're still in act one and it's occurred to me that my portion of the conversation is often more oriented to my past than that of the younger people in the group you know I become that that back in my day you know, kind of older person. Remember our parents should say, back in my day, I walked through three feet of snow to get to school. Well, you know, I just, I, I noticed that other people in the group, they speak of their present or their future. And I realized that for me, I tend to speak more about my present and my past. And not in a sad or melancholy way or, or anything like that. I just I, I feel that my practice of private reminiscence has unintentionally become more public and I do reminisce more now it, I think it's to try and better understand me as I am today as I become a whole sum of my parts something I'm not sure was possible when I was younger I want I, I'm assuming others feel that same around my same age or as you're getting to be this age in the interview that I mentioned earlier Jane Fonda spoke about how she had been involved with doing a life review. And I suppose that in my examination of my past, that's also what I'm doing, although I guess not as formal. About this life review, the phrase that she used, she said, I began to see myself as well as certain events and people of my past with new eyes. She said her experience of life review taught her that while we cannot undo what has been done, we can change the way we understand it and feel about it, which I thought was really great, really significant, you know. In life review, this is not a new age concept, okay? The basic ideas for this form of insight therapy were first popularized by Dr. Eric Erickson decades ago, who observed that when people are age 55 plus, they begin to wrestle with their past and their life's meaning. Erickson noted that teenagers see the world differently than adults. I think we all know that. And likewise, older adults can have a richer perspective about the world and their lives. He said, as individuals develop a sense of their own mortality, they look back and reassess their lives. So life review is the act of putting life into perspective and might include grieving a loss or reevaluating re a milestone and aims to create a sense of completion. I, and I like that part because, you know, looking at my past I don't for the most part feel regret or sadness you know would I change anything about my life mostly the bad moments if I could honestly um, 
I don't think so. Maybe yes. I mean, I would change some actions on my part when I caused hurt to someone. But for the most part, no,、um, you know, because it's all of my experiences, both good and bad, that have shaped my life, and that have placed me where I am today. You know, I, I am where I am because of where I have been. And one thing I understand now that I didn't say five years ago, even, is that the past is past, and I have to accept that. I can make amends for harm that I may have done, but that's it. You can't change the past. And I know we say that all through our lives, but there does come a point when you actually realize that, and that this is kind of the path to happiness for you. People who who just get stuck and mired in the past, you know, that's in a, a previous episode we talked about meditation and, and Dan Harris's book Ten Percent Happier, and one of the things that that touches on is this, you know, those those、um, that dialogue in your mind in your head. And most of the time, that's about something that happened in the past. And one way to tame that dialogue is to find a way to just accept that it happened, make amends if you can or if you feel you need to, and then move on. You don't necessarily want to forget about it completely, I think, because you have to remember that lesson. And you know, we all fall back and, and make mistakes again.、I'd、like to say that, you know, once we go through that process, no, you never make that mistake again. But we're human, and we do. So you know, there's nothing you can do about the past. There's no point in worrying about the future, as it isn't here. So again, nothing you can do about it. So for me, I only have today, and I'll make the best of it. Thank you very much. So I wonder, though, dear listener, my friends, what about you? Do you find yourself seeking answers? Are you interested in doing a life review? Do you do it right now informally?、Um, If not, is it because you're just not there in terms of your age? Because I think you will as you get older. If you're not, and I think that something even if you're younger, you can kind of evaluate where you've been and where you are, and to try and you know, because it also helps you then to look towards your future as you make plans. Again, you can't do anything about the future, but you can't. That doesn't mean you shouldn't plan for the future. So I did some research into life review and came up with some questions that you can. Make as part of your life review. You don't have to use all of them. You don't have to use any of them. Perhaps you know. One thing I've noticed about it is it seems to be very casual in terms of how of the approach of how it's done. But you know, some of these questions stood out because they absolutely are ones that I have asked as I have thought about my life. And and the first one I thought was interesting because it, it again leads into the road not taken.、Um, and ask where have you been faced with a fork in the road? You know, so as you look back in your life and you think, you know, if I could have gone here or I could have gone there, I remember there was a time in my life when I could stay where I was on the path that I was on, or I could have taken a very radical, different path, actually involved getting uh, uh, getting involved with the、uh, Greenpeace and、uh, with the ship, the Rainbow Warrior, and that certainly would have altered,、uh, you know, my path. Where would I be now today had I taken that? But I stayed where I was. You know that was the road not taken for me at that time. Another question is: Has the way you look at life and people changed over time? What are you most proud of? What have been some of your hopes and dreams? What memories would you like to explore about periods of your life—childhood, teenage, young adult, middle age, later life? 
What risk have you taken? What would you have done differently? What have you accomplished? Has the past influenced your present? I think that one is like, a, isn't that kind of a gimme? Yeah, absolutely. Your past influences your present. In my mind, I love this one, and this might, to me, be the most important one at this stage of my life. What do you hope people will remember about you? What do you hope people will remember about you? What can you tell others about living and dying? Makes me think of that song title from Jimmy Buffett, "Living and Dying in Three Quarter Time." What lessons have you learned, and how would you like to spend the rest of your life? So, I'd love to hear your thoughts on your life review, where you are at this point in your life. So, please, please write me at billmonty04 at gmail dot com, or go to our Facebook page if you're not yet a member. Please look up Bill Monty's Guide to Getting Older. On Facebook, become a member of the page. We've been sharing.、Uh, one of our listeners shared a wonderful video about an experience with a, an older man in a grocery store trying to wrestle with technology and what she did to to help him. And her thoughts about you know where we are as a society that she was the only one that did.、Um, so I'd, I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts about a life review or insights or whatever you feel. And、uh, we will be right back. Friends, we'd love to get your feedback on the show. Please drop us a line at billmonty04 at gmail dot com and let us know what you think. Plus, we're on Facebook now, so the next time you're on it, look up Bill Monty's Guide to Getting Older. That's where I share insights about the show, links to my music recommendations and video suggestions, favorite books, and so much more. Let me know what you think. I look forward to hearing from you. Okay, thank you. So I want to get to、um, our music suggestion for the week. It's one I'm really excited about. It actually is going to go a completely different direction、uh, with the、uh, my music choice for the week. But I so there's this thing on Spotify. You know, I produce this podcast on Spotify, and while it's available on other streaming platforms,、um, you know, go to Spotify and support them. And they have, you know, when you join, you can join for free. It doesn't cost anything. You can also, you know, you can get premium services,、uh, of course, through Spotify by paying a small fee. So every week they have something called、uh, Discover Weekly, and they use an algorithm. I'm assuming that says, well, here's the music that you've listened to over the last week or month or whatever it might be, and here's our suggestions for you. And I've discovered some really cool people I, I didn't. I wasn't aware of their music before, and I've started listening to. And this week, I came across an artist who's been around for a, quite a while. I remember when I first got into radio back in the late '90s. I used to host a show for a local performing arts center, and the very first time that I received their you know, artists that were coming that I needed to promote for that week, there was an artist on there, and I just I liked the sound of his name. Reminded me of、uh, something that Johnny Carson would have said using his Carnac character, something like that. So I remember promoting it as, 
And you don't want to miss coming up this Friday. Keb Mo will be coming. And uh, never thought to go beyond the name Keb Mo and look uh, and see what kind of music it actually was. So pops up my my Discover Weekly on Spotify this week. Um, the old Bill Withers classic, Lean On Me by Keb Mo. And uh, it was, uh, it, it blew me away. It's, I'll say this, uh, and I, you know, I think we all love the song Lean On Me by Bill Withers. Blew me away. It, better than the original. Uh, what a wonderful take on it. And so I pulled up some more music from Keb Mo and I came across an album. And I'm, uh, let me just refresh myself on the name, but I believe it's called uh, Good To Be. Let me just double check. Good To Be, yes, by Keb Mo. And uh, there's another song that I really want to suggest to you on there called Marvelous to Me. And there are some guest artists on this particular album. I think that, you know, it's, it's just such a, a great album. But um, the Facebook page, I'm going to put up uh, a link to, uh, if I can, to Marvelous to Me. And I hope that you will check out Keb Mo. And I think you will be pleasantly surprised. It's a little bit blues. It's a little bit... You know, he does a great jazz, kind of like a very smooth, almost uh, Santana, kind of a different sound, but in terms of his guitar play. So check it out. Keb Mo, the album is good to be, and check out all the other albums, because I've really just been immersing myself into the world of Keb Mo this week and loving every minute of it. And to our book review for the week, I want to steer you to a favorite of mine, um... You know, I think we all have our, and, and one of the things I'd love, you know, if you could write to me about or, you know, put on Facebook, like, what are your favorite books and what are your favorite musicians and favorite albums? But one of my favorite books, and I'll tell you how I got turned on to it. I was doing some work um, for a commercial. This was back in the 80s. And we're in line at the craft services table and the woman in front of me had this very thick book and someone asked her what it was. And she said, oh, I love this book. And I love it because it's got great, strong oh, female characters in it. And they don't take a backseat to the male characters. And it's just, it's a Western. And I know a lot of people don't like that, but and it's also about friendship and, and it's about loyalty and it's about all these different things. And uh, the name of the book was Lonesome Dove by Larry McMurtry. Now, Larry McMurtry uh, wrote a lot of books, and I think there are a lot of movies out there that you might not be aware of that were his. So if you ever saw the movie Terms of Endearment with Shirley MacLaine, that was based on the book Terms of Endearment by Larry McMurtry. Uh, the movie HUD with Paul Newman was based on, uh, I don't remember the name of the book now, but the, the, the book was uh, from Larry McMurtry. He wrote the screenplay for Brokeback Mountain. So, uh, The Last Picture Show, which is one of my favorite films, and a great book, uh, Larry McMurtry. So, Lonesome Dove tells the tale of two former Texas Rangers, Woodrow Call and Augustus McRae, who have a small, broken-down ranch in a little uh, part of Texas in the late 1800s. And the town is called Lonesome Dove. And it tells the story of their last great adventure together and it really is a story about loyalty and about love and about life so as i thought about um the subject of this episode the road not taken and uh you know how it looks back on life 
that's a lot of what this is about. They're on this last great adventure, and it's really about the tales of the last great days of the of the West, you know, the Wild West. It became a very successful, and again, one of my favorite, uh, a very successful miniseries on CBS starring Robert Duvall and uh, Tommy Lee Jones playing the title character, the Woodrow Call and, and Augustus McRae. You know, of the role of Augustus McRae, Robert Duvall said, let the English have their Hamlet. I've played the greatest American character there is in Augustus McRae, and he is fantastic. They'll never be able to remake this in any way, shape, or form because you can't replace the performances that everyone puts in. And it's got just a long list of Academy Award winners, uh, you know, uh, besides Tommy Lee Jones and Robert Duvall. There's Chris Cooper, who plays July Johnson. There's Angelica uh, uh, Houston, who won an Academy Award. Diane Lane is fantastic in it. Uh, just a wonderful cast. And uh, But the book is absolutely magnificent. So I suggest go out and find Lonesome Dove. Go to your library or go to your books or go to your Barnes Noble, wherever you get your books from. And if you haven't read Lonesome Dove, go get it. You you will be thanking me. It's a wonderful story, even if you don't like Westerns, even if you don't like Cowboys, even if you don't like Texas. Um, it's, it's, you, it's one of those stories you can't miss. It won the Pulitzer Prize when it came out. So that is my suggestion for you for... Uh, music you're going to be going and checking out keb mo this week before we meet again and you're going to read lonesome dove i don't know if you'll finish it by the time we post we get up again but i hope when you do you'll let me know how you liked it and that is going to wrap it up for the road not taken this episode of bill monty's guide to getting older and i want to leave you with this thought it's not the specter of aging that haunts me Rather, it's the far greater fear of having aged and having nothing to show for the aging. So uh, let's keep that in mind. Let's make sure that we are out there and we are living a life where we won't at the end of it say, I have nothing to show for the aging. My friends, I want you to be safe. Go out and do a good deed today. Make the world a better place for you being in it. Be kind. Peace.